This week on Blue 58 is Ahmad Brooks joining the Packers. It seems like that, but he hasn't so far. How are former members of the Packers faring this preseason? And will another offensive tackle step up in Green Bay? Plus, we're joined by Brian Caravu of the Railbird Central podcast. Blue 58! Hello and welcome to another episode of Blue 58, the official podcast of thepowersweep.com. I am your host, John Meerdink. It's a jam-packed show for you today, and we're going to dive right in with a few headlines, starting with the aforementioned visit of Ahmad Brooks. We can just call it a visit right now because he hasn't joined the Packers officially yet. He was supposedly garnering some interest from the Denver Broncos, but if the Packers, I think, are smart, they're not going to let him leave Green Bay at all. No reason to get in a bidding war situation right now. No reason to even let him get into the another team's building right now. The Packers have Brooks in Green Bay for one reason, and that's because they need some serious help at outside linebacker. Can he bring it? Well, that's a different question. First, let's set the stage here for a second. Like I said, the Packers badly need some help at outside linebacker. Clay Matthews, Nick Perry, Vince Beagle, and J. Rowan Elliott are all injured to some degree. That's four of your top five outside linebackers. Kyler Fackerel and an assorted Uh, and a a sorted group of undrafted free agents are all that's left outside of those guys who are currently hurt. And that's not to disparage Fackrell and his compatriots. That's just to say they haven't, to this point in their careers, performed even as well as some guys like J. Rohn Elliott. So can Brooks be a guy who contributes at a level that would make him one of those top three or four outside linebackers? Well, I'm calling that a strong maybe. I realize I did write a piece called How Ahmad Brooks, or three pieces, three ways Ahmad Brooks could contribute to the Packers on the blog earlier this week. And I think there is a good chance that he could contribute. Worth noting, he is 33. Worth noting that there are some possible criminal concerns uh, surrounding Ahmad Brooks. Some pretty, pretty ugly stuff, if we're being completely honest about it. Um, look that up. I, I don't have the full notes in front of me, so I don't, I don't want to speculate about that or give you inaccurate information, but there are some things out there that could cause some trouble for him down the road or even in the relatively near future. As a player, there is some pretty good reason to think even at 33 years old, he could be at least as good or better than someone like Kyler Fackrell or J. Rowan Elliott, somebody in that uh, top four sort of rotation for the Packers. He's had at least five sacks, I believe, in the last eight seasons, uh, all of which happened in San Francisco was a second team all pro. That was a while ago, but he's still a pretty decent player. It's worth asking, like I said, if he can do it again at age 33 and if his stats might be a little bit misleading. As we've said again and again and again on this podcast and on the blog, sacks are an incredibly misleading stat. Ahmad Brooks is a perfect example as to why. In a post that I hope we get to run this week, I broke down every one of his six sacks from last season, and at least two and a half, maybe three of them, he really does very little as far as collecting the sack. On one of them, he is just the closest guy to Jared Goff when Goff runs out of bounds, and he gets a sack for that. He didn't even have to to bother with tackling him. On another one, he's coming around the corner, and Tom Brady sees that this play is not going anywhere, so he just falls over, and Brooks tags him. A similar play happens against the Miami Dolphins, and Brooks gets half a sack for that. Then there's one other play where he sort of half trips Jameis Winston, and then another one of the San Francisco 49ers actually tackles him. Brooks gets half a sack for that. 
it's it's misleading to just look at the stats and say, oh, he had six sacks last year. He could be a good contributor in Green Bay. That's not to say he couldn't, but don't look at just the stats for, for how he could contribute in Green Bay. I think there is a strong possibility that he could be a better option at backup outside linebacker, as a backup outside linebacker, than guys like Elliott and, and Fackrell. Whether or not he can contribute over a whole season remains to be seen, and if he can do it at a high level remains to be seen. But the Packers just need bodies there right now. That's plain and simple, and I think he could be a guy who contributes for the Packers this season. Moving along, Gary is back on the blog, and he posted a piece this week about former Green Bay Packers who may be on the roster bubble elsewhere around the league. He took a look at nine different guys, uh, of which I think Eddie Lacy and Dayton Jones are the most interesting. Read the full list for sure. Even Tremont Williams shows up on that list. Uh, that's pretty interesting stuff. Uh, but Lacy and Jones, to me, are the most interesting. Eddie Lacy, especially an interesting case because Seattle's offensive line is just so bad. They've done so little to upgrade that line and have done have, have had no success even with the stuff that they've tried to do to make their line better. Putting a guy like Lacey behind that line who does not rely on speed or, or outstanding moves uh, to, to get the yards that he gets on the ground seems like a recipe for disaster. He hasn't been outstanding in the preseason, and I wonder if people are just going to be um, disappointed to a more extreme degree than they should be just because his stats may not be that good in large part because of his offensive line. Dayton Jones, to me, also very interesting because he's reportedly playing more or less all over the place in Minnesota, and that may not be a good thing. Uh, They're trying him a little bit as a a 4-3 defensive end and switching him inside to that three-technique defensive tackle. He did that a little bit in Green Bay and a little bit in college, but not super regularly. To me, it seems like he's at the point in his career where he should be at a more defined position, contributing in a more regular sort of way. Having to switch him around a whole bunch seems like a problem to me, especially if you went out and spent uh, a not insignificant amount of money to bring this guy in in free agency. I wish the Packers could have put out a little bit more of an effort to re-sign him. I think the money was there to do that. He was a pretty okay pass rusher as an outside linebacker, and that would have helped a lot, frankly, where the Packers are right now. Um, interesting, though, to watch what's going on with him in Minnesota. Finally, our third headline, opportunity is knocking for Kyle Murphy. I don't need to tell you that the Packers' backup offensive line is bad. They've been real bad, and it's been very, very evident. You don't have to look super in-depth or look at, at film after the game uh, to see that the Packers' um, offensive line, once you get past the starters, has not been any good. But I, th- I think that the person who stands to benefit the most from that situation is actually Kyle Murphy. So why do I say that? Well, first of all, Jason Spriggs is the only other non-rookie player uh, with a significant role to play at Murphy's primary position. The Packers did try Murphy a little bit uh, as a guard, but... Uh, he's primarily a tackle. That's where he's played most of his career, dating back to to college and to high school. So they're they're going to play him first and foremost as a tackle, probably a right tackle. Spriggs has been bad. If Murphy can play well, there's a good chance or there's a good opportunity for him to pick up a little bit of extra playing time. Uh, secondly, he's also in line for 
significant playing time at some other positions. So if other guys don't play well, Murphy is going to have some extra shots to get onto the field. And he's not just this big, tall, pudgy guy um, that he sometimes gets made out to be. And I am as guilty of that as anybody. I was not a big Kyle Murphy fan coming into the season, in part because he just hasn't played a whole lot. And he didn't play a whole lot because he wasn't very good uh, last preseason and not good enough during the season to get onto the field. But he has had success everywhere that he's gone. He had success on the left side and the right side at Stanford. He was a highly, highly touted recruit coming out of high school, had offers from six major, major power schools, uh, including Stanford uh, Stanford and Alabama. Uh, I mean, this guy was no slouch dating back to his high school years. I wouldn't as- underestimate him, and I've been guilty of, as guilty of this as anybody. I would not underestimate him uh, going forward. He's got a big opportunity here, and it's really his time to shine. So keep an eye on him as we go into this final preseason game. We're going to spend a little bit of time talking with Brian Caravu of the Railbird Central podcast here in just a minute. But first, I wanted to make you aware of a couple things going on with the podcast uh, and with with, um, the Power Sweep online. Uh, First of all, we are running a contest right now, and this is only going to be in effect until noon tomorrow or noon Wednesday, the day that this podcast airs. Uh, We are giving away a 15% off code uh, for um, NFL Game Pass. A very, very useful tool. You can learn a lot about what's going on throughout the league, and you can see Packers preseason games um, streaming to your computer uh, at a more affordable price if you use this code. So all you have to do is be a follower of the Power Sweep on Twitter and retweet the tweet that I sent out Tuesday morning uh, for your chance to win that 15% off code uh, for NFL Game Pass. Not a lot, I realize, but it's a good opportunity, uh, and it's the best we can do right now as, as far as a giveaway. We will do some more stuff like this in the future. Secondly, if you do us a favor, do me a favor in particular, and uh, rate and review us on iTunes. It looks kind of like Amateur Hour if you've got a bunch of podcast episodes up there and almost nobody has rated or reviewed it. That's the situation that we have going on right now. Uh, Blue 58 has, this will be now 45 complete episodes on our iTunes feed I think only two reviews. They're positive reviews, but if you like the show at all, uh, go ahead and leave us a rating and a review on iTunes. Helps more people th- uh, find the show, and it is a tangible way for you to support the Power Sweep and Blue 58 for absolutely free. So if you got a couple minutes this week, go ahead and do that. Let's talk with Brian Caravu. Blue 58! We are pleased to be joined today by Brian Caravu, the host of the Railbird Central podcast at Cheesehead TV. Brian, how are we doing today? Very good. Glad to be joining you once again after we did uh, right before the draft, I believe. It's been a while, so we'll try to catch up a little bit and let's dive right in there with uh, with just one one preseason game left. A bunch of positions are up for grabs, including a few uh, where there are Packers draft picks in the mix. Uh, perhaps the most high-profile battle, though, between Joe Callahan and Taysom Hill for the number three quarterback spot. Bearing in mind, both of them might end up off of the 53-man roster. What do you make of that competition? Yeah, I tend to think that both of them are going to end up off the 53-man roster. Not that I'm guaranteeing that by any means, and who knows, maybe after a good performance in this last preseason game where they figure to get extended action, that could change my mind. Uh, Maybe it wouldn't be a a major factor, but you never know (laughs) if all of a sudden they have a three-touchdown game or something like that. 
Uh, but I just think, you know, they're not going to be inclined to trade Brett Hundley right now, uh, even though maybe they could. Uh, I think they'll stick it out and try to trade him after the season. So I, I think, you know, you go into the season with Aaron Rodgers and Brett Hundley and you hope you don't have to use any more quarterbacks than that. And even if one of them were to get picked off, uh, you know, by another team and signed, they still have the other that they can probably sign to the practice squad and have that person be there just in case. So I think they're in okay hands at the quarterback position between just Rodgers and Hundley and can afford to let one of them walk if necessary. And if they're both there, then they just get to choose the the best one. I tend to think it's Joe Callahan just because he's younger. But again, I uh, want to see how the fourth preseason game plays itself out. Cornerback has a little bit more importance as a position group than that number three quarterback spot. Obviously, you're hoping you never have to use a third quarterback. But on the defensive side of the ball, you tend to rotate guys a little bit more regularly and you need a little bit more depth. What do you make of that group? Yeah, it certainly is a question mark right now with uh, all the injuries that have taken place to Nick Perry and his injured ankle, to J. Ron Elliott and his back spasms, to uh, Vince Beagle and his foot injury on the pup list. And, and I'm really interested to see what happens to the guy, these guys? Are they going to come back in time for this last preseason game? I'm I'm almost certain it's not going to happen with Nick Perry, and they're not going to take that chance, even if he was healthy, just because they wouldn't want to aggravate it. But uh, these other guys, uh, you know, I I just love to see is is the situation with G. Ron Elliott just kind of a minor concern, and he could play, and is is beagle going to get activated from the pup list and and he's going to uh potentially make his debut in the preseason finale i don't know the answers to these questions but i'm excited this week to find out uh but it's obviously a concern because you know uh nick perry and, and even clay matthews have a history an injury history of not being able to stay healthy for an entire season and once you get beyond those two who are good when they're healthy um, you got a bunch of question marks, including Kyler Fackrell, who's had more downs than ups so far in his second season in the NFL now. So lots of question marks uh, right now, and uh, I- I'm not sure what the Packers do other than, than stay the course. Of course, it's been news that they're going to work out um, uh, Ahmad Brooks this week, uh, but uh, nothing certain there, at least not yet. So on the offensive line, it, it seems to be less about who's going to get cut than who can actually play. Uh, the last couple of preseason games, it looks like that list of guys is, is pretty short. There's some pretty shaky depth along the offensive line. What do you make of the offensive line situation? Is there any way to get quality depth right now? Yeah, of course you're fine with the starters uh, and in an ideal situation. You know, if, if all five of them are out there, you feel comfortable with them. And, and, you know, during the regular season, we're maybe and hopefully not talking about this topic at all. But, uh, of course, it's a, it's a long shot that, you know, all five of them are going to get through all 16 games completely healthy there's going to be an injury at some point maybe not a long-term one but somebody's going to have to jump in there for an amount of time and I'm not sure how to feel about the backup situation it's kind of weird because there are some backups who you feel 
may not even be playing there right now. Like it's possible, you know, if Lane Taylor would get hurt, the the top backup at left guard could be a guy like Lucas Patrick, who's been focusing on center. So we haven't even really seen him at guard. Maybe he's really good there. Uh, and instead of having to worry about snapping the football, the top backup at right guard might be Kyle Murphy. And he's been focusing on right tackles, so maybe he's good there and maybe he's bad. We don't know. It's really weird, this situation. And, of course, I think everyone's concerned about Jason Spriggs just because we have seen him at left tackle. And he tends to – will definitely be the backup left tackle. And, you know, he's looked so poorly in preseason play. Uh, you, you hope that sometime the light bulb just goes on and it clicks for him. But uh, right now, that's the, the, the odds of that happening, I think, are, are getting slimmer all the time. Well, Spriggs is an interesting case because he seems to get a lot of, uh, well, I guess at this point it's been very well-earned criticism online among Packers writers and uh, those of us who follow the team in other ways. He hasn't been good these, these last couple preseason games. But at the same time, he is just in his second year. Are you tempted by the B word ever, calling him a bust? I, I don't want to do it yet until we see him in in regular season action or, you know, I, I don't know. It's hard to say if, you know, if it's a situation where David Bakhtiari stays healthy, we may never see him in the preseason, even if he does improve. So um, I, I just don't want to go there yet with a guy like Jason Spriggs because we've seen guys who are slow to develop in the past and I can think of some names off the top of my head, not necessarily on the offensive line, but players like Nick Perry on defense and a lot of his issues were injury related. And and now that I think of it, we got to go back a few years, but Mike wall on the offensive line for the green Bay Packers, people hated seeing him uh, early on in his career, but he settled in and became really uh, a pro bowl caliber player. Uh, later in his career for the Packers. So it could just be a case like that. Spriggs appears to have the athleticism necessary to play the the position. It's it's another odd situation. You, you look at him, and he's, of course, light for an offensive lineman. He's not a heavy guy, but he doesn't tend to get beaten on bull rushes. It's, he tends to get beat to the inside or the outside, and you would think his athleticism would make up for that. And Again, maybe it's just it needs to click mentally for him for him to do that. We're just a couple days away from the final preseason game of the 2017 season, and following that, just the one cutdown day. Packers have to be down to the 53-man roster at some point this weekend. Which player or position group are you going to be watching most closely as a result during this last preseason game? Oh, um as uh, seeing as I already talked about the outside linebackers in depth and, and that is an interesting one for sure, but just to be a little bit different here, um, I think I'd go with probably the wide receivers because there's just so many of them worthy of a roster spot and, and obviously your top few guys are pretty much, you know, uh, etched in stone of guys like Jordy Nelson, Randall Cobb, Devontae Adams, but beyond that there's a lot of question marks and a lot of guys vying for spots. Uh, you've got Trevor Davis, who you know doubles as the punt returner, but had you know probably his best game as a receiver in the third preseason game and showed some promise there. He's just got to be more secure with the football uh, 
especially on returns. You've got Jeff Janis, uh, a kick returner, and also a guy who plays on pretty much every special teams unit, even as a guy who can tackle and get down there, get down on the field and cover kicks, uh, and how valuable that can be over the course of the season. Um, you've got the rookies, Malachi Dupree and D'Angelo Yancey. I tend to think that there's only going to be one spot available for them at most uh, and not two. And you've got Max uh, McCaffrey, uh, the brother of Christian McCaffrey, who's having a great preseason for the Packers. And Geronimo Allison uh, is suspended for the first game. So really, the Packers kind of get that extra roster spot for one week. Geronimo Allison's going to be suspended, but then when he comes back, they're going to have to make a move if they keep 53. So maybe they keep an extra wide receiver for a week and cut one after week one. And maybe there's an injury that happens that makes the decision for them. It's a lot of possibilities open for the Packers right now. Uh, but it'll be fun to watch, especially the younger guys, how they perform in this last preseason game when they figure to get a lot of playing time. He is Brian Caribou. You can hear him each and every day on the Railbird Central podcast and read his work occasionally as well at Cheesehead TV. Brian, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you very much. Blue 57, hit! Big thanks again to Brian Caribou for appearing with us this week on Blue 58. You can find his work uh, almost every day on the Railbird Central podcast and uh, at Cheesehead TV as well. So just search for Brian. Real easy to find. Great guy. And we won't wait as long this time to have him on again. You'll be hearing from Brian again in the relatively near future. Hey, while I got you here, I wanted to mention three quick guys I'm going to be watching in this week's final preseason game uh, of the 2017 preseason. Um, Obviously, it's real hard to get your arms around this fourth and final preseason game. There's just so much going on. Uh, we're so close to the final cutdown. It's hard to say how long of a look that, that some of these guys are even going to get and whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. Uh, if you're not playing at all in the final preseason game, it could mean that your roster spot is locked up or it could mean that the Packers have already kind of eliminated you from their consideration. Poor Derek Hart. He didn't even get to play in the final preseason game, although that was kind of a foregone conclusion once Brett Good was back in the house anyway. But all that to say, here are the three guys I'm going to be watching uh, none of them are long snappers, just to, to spoil that in advance. First, Reggie Gilbert. If you listen to this podcast, you know I'm a big fan of Reggie Gilbert. I think his transition from college defensive end to professional outside linebacker has been an interesting one to watch. And the dividends of what he's been doing, just fantastic. Uh, he rushes hard. Still, obviously, a little bit inexperienced. He got caught up pretty bad in that touchdown run early in the game against Denver. But he rushes hard. He seems strong. Uh, and I think he's he's a solid number five or number six outside linebacker. The question for him is whether the Packers keep five or six outside linebackers. If Vince Beagle is going on the, the pup list, which seems more and more likely with each passing day, how many linebackers do the Packers actually want to keep? And does that uh, change if they sign Ahmad Brooks, which still hasn't happened even now as we continue to record this podcast? been watching that just in case we've got to change some stuff. If they're going to sign him as soon as I hit publish on this. I just know that's what's going to happen. And it's going to be too late to go back and change anything. Gilbert's status, obviously very up in the air. But if he puts together a solid performance Thursday night, it can do nothing but help him, either in Green Bay or potentially someplace else. He owes it to himself to put a game, good game on tape this, this Thursday night. Second, Taysom Hill. Seems like 
whether or not the Packers keep three quarterbacks on the roster, he is the odds-on favorite to be their third favorite guy coming out of training camp. That probably gives him a little bit of priority over Joe Callahan as far as ending up on the practice squad. But if the Packers would decide that they wanted to keep three guys, I kind of have to think it would be uh, Rodgers, Hundley, and Taysom Hill, not Joe Callahan at this situation. Now, Callahan is significantly younger. He could improve quite a bit yet. That's possible. But Hill has just moved the ball so well this preseason, and he has so much more athletic upside than Callahan does. It's really hard to ignore those attributes in his favor. Uh, If he puts together another strong performance, that would be the final nail in the coffin, giving him the win as the number three quarterback. That may not get him to the 53-man roster, but again, much like Reggie Gilbert, it could give him a leg up on getting to the practice squad in Green Bay or finding his way onto another team's roster. It's not just the Packers that are watching these preseason games. Finally, Michael Clark is the number three guy that I'm going to be watching this week. Had another outstanding week of practice this week, and it's just it's so tantalizing to have a guy who's that big and that fast. I mean, he's not, he's not a burner by any stretch of the imagination, but still a fantastically physically gifted guy and interesting to keep around. I don't think there's any chance he makes the 53-man roster, but he's just one of those guys that's fun to watch, whether or not he ends up on the roster, the practice squad, or somewhere else. It's been very entertaining to watch a giant former basketball player try to become an NFL wide receiver, and I just hope he has he has all the success in the world because it's been cool to watch here in, in the preseason so far. That's going to do it for this week's episode of Blue 58. You can always find us, of course, at thepowersweep.com. But did you know you can also find us on Facebook and Twitter? Facebook.com slash thepowersweep is the address on that particular website. Twitter.com slash thepowersweep is the address there. I will remind you about our Twitter NFL uh, Game Pass discount giveaway. All you have to do is retweet that tweet that I sent out Tuesday morning, and you'll be entered for your chance to win. If you don't follow us, you will have to follow uh, the Power Sweep as well to be eligible to win there. It's not a lot, like I said, but it's better than nothing, and it's a great way to stay on top of what's going on around the league. You can also reach out to us via email at thepowersweep1959 at gmail.com. I love to hear from you. If there's something meaningful that we say, something you disagree with, some idea that you have for a show or something we could write about, I'd love to hear about all of it. Uh, And I really appreciate anybody who takes the time uh, to write to us. Anything you say is going to help us make the site better. And that's really what we want to do. I've been John Meerdink, your host. We will see you and hear you next week on Blue 58.